Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag K-I-P, hashtag K-I-P. Help me to make KIPP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Welcome back, KIPP Nation. Welcome back. Welcome back. I pray today that you are in the midst of some type of spiritual revival, uh, reviving your relationship with God, uh, getting back to the altar, uh, whether it be your personal altar or if you're in prayer and consecration and uh, one of the churches around the world who uh, sets aside the first 21 days in December to pray or in uh, January, the first 21 days or however many days are being set aside and, and many people are, are thinking about Christmas and what they're going to get and what they're going to do and who they have to give gifts for. But there are other people around the world who are in a totally different environment and it's a lead in, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole time talking about this, but I do want to bring with this uh, international platform, I have some degree of understanding that everybody's not having a wonderful time and there are people in the world that are suffering and sometimes as Christians we talk about not having enough to pray about or not knowing who to pray for not knowing what to pray for but uh, we need to pray and we need to pray for uh, global peace I'm going to read a a quick uh, passage um, not from the Bible yet but from an article written by Tess Lowry on April 1st, 2022, uh, from The Global Citizen. And it simply reads like this, Nuclear arsenals are swelling. Conflicts are on the rise. Millions are displaced. International law is disregarded with impunity. As criminal and terrorist networks profit from division and violence. This is the situation the world finds itself in today. The reasons for the outbreak of conflict range from territorial disputes and regional tensions to corruption and dwindling resources due to climate change. Conflicts disrupt access to basic services like food and water and force people into extreme poverty with the poorest and most vulnerable paying the highest price. 
in addition to taking lives and devastating infrastructure in the short term. Conflict and its consequences are profound and enduring, reversing progress toward achieving global goals. The current humanitarian crisis in Ukraine may be the spotlight right now, in the spotlight right now, but there are many conflicts occurring globally that deserve equal support and compassion. And we just have to be, you know, cognizant of that. If my memory's right, um, um, there are about, I think I said it, maybe 27 conflicts going on, live conflicts right now, at least 27 of them. And there's a tracker that categorizes, categorizes these conflicts as either worsening, unchanging, and improving. And right now, there's not a single conflict that's described as improving. Of those worsening are the conflict in Ukraine, the war in Afghanistan, political instability in Lebanon, the war in Yemen, uh, the Rohingya crisis, the Myanmar crisis, uh, Myanmar crisis, and the conflict in Ethiopia. And there are several, several conflicts uh, in uh, the content on the continent of Africa and I said last week that we just have to pray we have to pray we have to become a warring people uh, praying for peace and, and I'm just saying all of this because there are children who are literally as I read this article eating uh, part of themselves in order to survive because there's no food uh, one of these countries I believe was Yemen a child dies every 10 minutes so we need to be in prayer we're you know having a good time and and in some ways insulating ourselves but the reality is there's a war at our doorsteps every day and for those of you who take up the challenge of prayer and those of you who take up the challenge of walking in obedience to God and those of you who take up the challenge of of making sure that you uh fulfill the call of ministry in your lives and those of you those of you who take up the challenge of of being a better marketplace pastors and those of you who are taking up the challenge of, of, of trying to get the gospel out on the internet and, and through the various digital platforms that are available, and those of you who are taking up the challenge of pastoring churches week after week, and those of you who are elders on staff and ministers on staff, you're in a war every day, and I don't want to minimize your efforts. I don't want to minimize that single mom who's praying with their children right now. I don't want to minimize that father who is trying to cover his family, both financially and spiritually. I don't want to minimize those people who are uh, in the middle of conflicts, trying to survive and, and, and trying to do the things that, that God have called them to do. And so uh, there is a call to prayer. There is a call to peace. There is a call for all of us around the world to wake up. Remember what I said, we need to pray for the seven continents. We need to pray for North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, and the Antarctica. We need to pray for every region, every island, every piece of land that we, that's charted and uncharted. We need to pray God's spirit upon these areas and upon the earth that there might be peace one day but not only do we want to have peace around the world but we need to check our own six because if you have a word in your belly if you have a word in your heart if you have an assignment that 
God have given you, then I know that you're in a conflict as well. And it's not easy. I always say this, where there is a word in your belly, there is a war on your six. Where there is a word in your belly, there is a war in your six. In other words, when God has something he wants to say out of your out of your mouth, to flow out of your belly like rivers of living waters, there will be attacks on you that you cannot avoid. I, I don't know why many people have become Christians just to get to heaven, but there's a pathway. There's a process. There's a place that we have to sojourn through, that we have to transverse before we get to heaven. And each of us is given a particular assignment. And in that assignment, we are to fulfill the call of God in our lives. And we're not to look for glory, but we're to let our light shine. And light will get its own glory at the appropriate time as the Father shares his glory with those of us who are not afraid to open up our mouth and declare that Jesus is Lord. And it's not just declaring that Jesus is Lord, because I think and I know that God drew us with loving kindness. So our first place of, of change and challenge in our lives is to have a, a, a tongue that is seasoned with grace and have a light that emanates from the inside that demonstrates the love of God on a daily basis so that people are drawn to God are drawn to the word that you have because of the love and kindness that you illustrate, that you demonstrate, that you uh, show on a regular basis. It's the love in your heart. But I want to, to remind you to check your six. The enemy will never rest while we grow in the things of God in preparation to or, or, or when we're in preparation to do God's will. He's not resting. We need rest, but the enemy never rests. That is why the Bible says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. We must be prepared for the war on our spirit, man. There is always a war going on, even inside of us. The enemy in me, the one that we fight, and we try to have a, a, a private life of sin. You can't have a private life of sin. No, no. Our sins are exposed daily because in whatever's done in the darkness will be brought to the light. So let's continue to repent, ask God to forgive us, to walk upright before God in Christ, to do the things that God has called us to do. And I know it's not easy. I know, I know, I know it's not easy. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And let me say this, it's easy to get tired of doing the right thing, tired of helping people who may or may not see the benefit of helping you back. And I, and I have to say this, when you're working in the kingdom, you have to work for the king. You don't work for the, the hand claps of people. Don't work for the praises of men. Don't work for reciprocation from people. Work while it is yet day for the night come up where no man can work. Because God gave you an assignment and he will make sure that we are rewarded according to our work. Particularly and only specific to and germane to the work that he himself has ordained us to do. Some people, yeah, they are like spiritual vampires who suck the life out of you. And that's why before we go into the battlefield, we have to be prayed up. 
We have to be read up. We have to be uh, 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 meditated up. And, and, and there's a value in, in praying, but there's a greater value in reading his word because then we become uh, uh, familiar with his voice. And when we're familiar with his voice, it's easy for us to see his will. And when we see his will, then it's easy for us to sit silent in his presence and hear him speaking to us directly, giving us direction for the course of our day. We, we want to operate in the kingdom where we need to see the king. And, and we've said this before, that if God is first in your life, if you believe that God is first, first creator, first progenitor, first God, that there is no God above him or below him, that he is the great I am, then he must be first in our lives. So when we get up in the morning, before we turn on our phones, before we uh, do something else, uh, we need to make God first in prayer. He is the first person we communicate with. He is the first person that we stop and take the time to read his word. You don't have to read a whole chapter, but get enough word inside of you on a daily basis to sustain you during the course of your own personal battle. Remember, we're supposed to have our loins girt up with truth. We're supposed to have on the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. We're, we're supposed to have on the helmet of salvation. We're supposed to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. These things we must have and the sword of the spirit. We get these things through the reading of God's word, through spending time of prayer, through sitting in quiet meditation. That's how we get and put on the whole armor of God so that we're ready to do the things that God have called us to do. Remember, your sustenance in these rough seasons of life must be the word of the Lord. That's how we survive. We cannot survive without the word of the Lord. We cannot survive without God's presence. We will not survive this season without an enduring relationship with God. We cannot do ministry unless God does it through us. If everything was made through him, how do we perpetuate doing things without him? The father needs the son and the son needs the Holy Spirit and they both need the father. We see in Genesis that God, uh, the great Elohim, uh, uh, is in the beginning. He, the father, the son and the Holy Ghost together working together in a communal effort. And while we're in the earth, we need to work with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to accomplish the will of God in the earth. Because that's how they created the earth, and that's how you're going to get your ministry going in the right direction and get a successful ministry track record that's successful, not because the world says it's successful. It's successful because God is pleased with what you're doing. How do we get in ministry? How do we get in ministry to do these things without prayer? There's just no way to be successful in ministry without prayer. Let me say some things about prayer. In prayer, we get authority to operate in a particular jurisdiction. In other words, when you get up in the morning in prayer, you can operate in the faith of God and the power of God and the strength of God. And heaven will have equity in what you're doing because what you're doing is covered by the will of God. In prayer, we get deutimus. We get deutimus. Deutimus is power to contend with the enemy. Deutimus will be the equivalent to the gun 
And the other one I was talking about getting authority to operate in a particular jurisdiction. Uh, that authority that we get is the badge. So you have the badge and you have the gun and we move forward in the in the ways of God. And of course, I'm talking metaphorically, you're not getting a real badge and a real gun. But spiritually, you get these things. In prayer, we get to read into our assignment or the direction of God. And it's being released in our heart and written on the tables of our heart and revealed to us. Without prayer, we are running blind ops and will never, ever be able to accomplish the goals that we have without praying to God. Jesus was a man given to prayer. And because he was given to prayer, he was always ready for the war that was on his six. There's always going to be a war on your six. But I'm going to tell you something. When man fails, Jesus will always have your back. Emmanuel, God with us, the one who never leaves us nor forsakes us. And he demonstrates this power that he has because he spends time with the Father. Let me close out just reading a little bit of John chapter 9. Just a little bit. Don't go anywhere. John chapter 9. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus, being a seer, not only being able to see into the past, into the future, but able to see into the past, he says, neither this man nor his parents sinned but that the works of God should be revealed. So just because you're going through doesn't mean that you've done something. It can literally mean that you're going through because God wants to reveal his works, his spirit, his authority, his jurisdiction over your situation. So hang on in there. Hang on in there. So verse four says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Listen to Jesus talking about working the works of him who sent him. He's saying, I'm working. His father sent him and he is doing the work of his father. We have to understand that God created each and every one of us and he sent us into the earth and we have an obligation to do the work of the father. And we have to be sensitive to the fact that we won't live forever. So we can't get to heaven empty-handed because we did not fulfill our purposes in the earth. The purpose is developed, of course, out of your call. But the purpose of which God gave you that is the reason you were born into the earth. So we have to fulfill our divine purposes in God. And when we fulfill those purpose, it becomes a sweet incense. It becomes an offering. It becomes a gift. It brings God glory when his children accomplish the things that he had set forth in them from the very beginning of time. When we uh, maximize our spiritual DNA and accomplish whatever it is that God has put inside of us to accomplish in the earth. So Jesus was cognizant of that. And he said, I must work the works of him who sent me. 
Now, now notice it's the works of the one who sent me. So Jesus is not doing his own thing. And if Jesus, the son of God, is not doing his own thing, then we, the children of God, should not be doing our own thing. The night is coming when no man can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus knew he was not going to be in the world permanently, but he knew while he was in the world, he should be a light. And we need to know while we're in the world that we should be a light. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. That therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? And he answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Then, he, then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. So here's something that we need to remember about Jesus. Jesus was a light that was not seeking glory. He was just interested in doing God's will. He didn't stay around to, to bend over and, and shake hands and, and, and make different displays of himself. He... He took no uh, praise unto himself. He just did the work of his father. And that's what we have to learn to do. Just do the work of the father. If people celebrate you, great. If people don't celebrate you, great. If you get a, a, a pat on the back, good. If you don't get a pat on the back, good. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the kingdom of God. Hence, the kingdom of God is at hand. And if you know that the kingdom of God is at hand, then you need to understand that the king rewards his warriors. So while you're in the earth, remember to check your six because the enemy comes after you when you attempt to do the things of God. But you pray because Jesus will be our battle axe. We pray because Jesus will be our wheel in the middle of a wheel. We pray. Because God's always got our back. We pray because we know that we're never alone in this war. We pray because no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that raises up against us in condemnation shall be condemned. We pray because the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. We pray because God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think and or ask according to the power that worketh within us. We pray because God is our deliverer. We pray because God is our keeper. We pray because God will hold us in the center of his hand and we will hide under the wings of the shadow of the almighty. We pray because no hurt, harm, or danger shall come nigh our dwelling. We pray that even though the enemy is at our six, that God will keep him at bay, just like he kept the Egyptians away from the Israelites, a pillar of fire at night, clouds by day, 
but he kept the enemy on Israel six and Israel prevailed because when it's time for God to do something, I'm saying this to you, watch this. When you think that you need something crazy in your life to happen in order for you to survive a certain situation, I want you to remember this, that crazy is easy for God. So remember to pray, to seek his face so that your confidence is not in your work, is not in your speech, is not in your hands, is not in what you do, is not in your smile, but our confidence is in the finished work of Jesus Christ and that God is always our reward and always has our six. You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I pray today that you go and influence the nations. Have a wonderful Christmas holiday. God bless.